You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. Uh, and I guess I call this mini-series that I'm doing uncut or unfiltered. I, I, I can't remember, honestly, right now. But uh, these are shorter episodes, just me talking about my personal experiences and how I approach uh, specific strategies or tactics. I think the last time we talked a lot about access routes, um, I am sipping on a nice warm cup of coffee this beautiful morning here in Iowa and uh, I'm starting to get pretty excited because I have a mule deer hunt that I'm leaving for on Friday I'm like I'm I'm starting to uh, get everything packed up I'm starting to get everything uh, you know I, I went shopping today for all my food that I'm taking with me you know, I got my truck food and then I got my backcountry food all lined up, all pre-packaged, uh, my bows, you know, I'm, I'm shooting my bow every night, making sure that uh, it's on point and I'm doing pretty good. I think I handled, I think I've, I've beat or handled my uh, accuracy issues of uh, past 40, 50, 60 yards. Um, I'm shooting really consistent uh, uh, at 50 now. Um, I'm drilling them right in there and, uh, 60, I'm, I'm saying about a, a paper plate size at about 60 yards, which to me, I'm, that'll kill a, that'll kill, kill a mule deer, man. That'll kill a deer. So I think I'm going to set a, a, a range out on this mule deer hunt, uh, 60. If he's past 60, it's a no go. If they're inside 60, it's a, it's a shot opportunity. So we will see, uh, hopefully we can get close enough where I can just, you know, chop them down in their bed at about oh maybe 25 yards 25 yards would be the perfect shot for me i think and uh well it would be for anybody out out there so we'll see what happens if you're listening to this today um let's see today's going to be thursday wednesday thursday or friday when you're listening to this uh a lot of 
I don't know, a lot of people are out starting to, to head west or they're even in, if you're one of those states like in Kentucky, Missouri, whose opener is not, if you're not open already, it's really close. Good luck this upcoming season, man. Hopefully you guys slay. I'm already starting to get emails and, and messages through social about people who have connected on some really good deer uh, right now. And I'm going to have a, a podcast come out in a couple weeks where, you know, it's probably too late now, but hopefully by the end of September, when I get back from my muley hunt that, uh, we're going to break down, you know, if you haven't found success in September, this is how you do it. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to do that. Uh, let's see here. The, the next thing that I, I want to do is, oh, uh, I know a lot of guys are just like, get to the point Johnson, but with, but with this upcoming hunt, I'm already starting to see my wife's attitude change a little bit. Like she's, she understands, she knows where I'm going. She knows, but she just is starting to realize that next week I'm not going to be around to help her, uh, her mom is coming and they're going to, and she's going to help. I think my dad might help a little bit, but uh, it's one of those things where it's not the same as dad being home. So, you know, I've, I'm, I'm trying to not only organize my gear and myself, but I'm trying to organize my life or her life a little bit better so that everything is kind of laid out for her. Like, she has a ride to football for my boy, or she has the meals ready to go or all this stuff. So hopefully uh, I, I'm doing a good job at, at at laying a smooth path for her to just at least get by that week. So, but it never, uh, it never ceases to amaze me. Day three, uh, I think I'm gone eight, seven or eight days. And on day three, she's going to be, you know, I feel if I was a gambling man, I would say th- three days in, I'm going to get the text that says, when will you be home? Even though it's marked on the calendar right in front of her. So <laughs> I always got to laugh at that. But today we're going to be talking about observation hunts. Okay. Uh, and it's just me solo. So we'll get into all that here in a second, but I'm going to do a quick commercial. Let me pull up uh, who I'm going to talk about today. And these are just real quick ones because I don't want to go into too much detail. If you, uh, if you want the best optics on the market, in my opinion, and we're not talking about these, these ridiculously priced optics, I'm talking about really high quality, good products for affordable prices as on, you know, uh, what they do. Vortexoptics.com. They have rifle scopes, red dots, binoculars, spotting scopes, range finders, tripods, a whole bunch of stuff. They even have some pretty kick-ass apparel and gear that you guys should check out while you're there. Vortexoptics.com. Take advantage of their VIP warranty. And this is a big selling point for me. Uh, I'm going to be out, you know, beating the shit out of my equipment. I smash my spotting scope on a rock or my binoculars or whatever. I take advantage of their VIP warranty. I send it into them. They fix it for free and then send it back to me. That right there, my friends, is customer service. So at, at, a, at a higher level that nobody else is doing in the industry. So uh, take advantage of that. Uh, vortexoptics.com. And then well, I don't know why, but I just... I love wasp broadheads uh, as far as their brand is concerned. Uh, they're not afraid. They're not one of those companies that is uh, afraid to uh, show like a broadhead hole through a bloody heart because ultimately that's what you want your broadhead to do is destroy whatever it hits and cause the most damage. And uh, that's why I love using their broadheads, man. They're, they're, 
made from some of the best material available. The uh, majority of their heads are still made in America. And uh, I am a fan of the jackhammer. And the jackhammer comes in a couple sizes. Let me pull that up real quick so you guys know. Uh, Shop Mechanical Broadheads, wasparchery.com. They have the jackhammer uh, inch and a quarter, and then they have the jackhammer inch and three quarters, and I'm shooting the jackhammer inch and three quarters. And then as far as if I ever go on an elk hunt or a bigger game where I need a little, you know, I don't want to, some some states don't allow you to have mechanicals, but for me, I just, I, I prefer a, a fixed blade broadhead when I go on like elk hunts. Uh, and that is the boss four blade. So check all those out. And if you want to save some money on there, you can enter the discount code at wasp archery. And of course I'm complete. There it is. Wasp archery, wasp archery. I don't have my discount code right now. Here it is. Wasparchery.com is nine fingers, 2021, the number nine followed by the word fingers, 2021. And uh, that's going to save you 20% off your purchase. And then lastly, hunt stand, dude, this, these guys are doing something very special. Not only can you import now, uh, the, they haven't, I don't even know if they've made this public yet, but the ability to import all your pins and data from other, uh, mapping you know, similar mapping uh, apps, you can do that. And at the same time, they update their satellite imagery. Man, I want to say on a monthly basis. So you are getting the most accurate satellite imagery that is available across any platform. Uh, And that's huge. That is huge. Let's say a fire goes through or a flood happens or something, you know, a week or two before your hunt, something changes drastically, whether it's the weather, you're going to see that potentially on hunt stand. So take advantage of the, not only all the functionality of hunt stand, because there's a lot, but the price, it's like 30 bucks for an entire year. So take advantage of that as well. Um, and I highly recommend going to huntstand.com and just reading through all the articles that they have there, the features on this app, the uh, the availability uh, to print some some maps and uh, how to properly use, use the app to get the most out of it. They have all that information there as well. So uh, huntstand.com. Now we're done. All right, let's get into today's topic, which is observation hunts. Now, if you would have talked to me about five or six years ago, about, hey man, uh, what would you do in in a scenario where you know you're unsure of a property, or you can't find a buck, or um, you know, uh, you know, it's I'm it's a new property. I haven't really scouted it. I would say, hey, go up, put your stand in a, in a location, and look for a a place where you can see a long way, and set up your tree stand there and have an, have yourself a good old fashioned observation hunt. And there are times when you can get lucky on an observation hunt and maybe you can rattle in a buck or you can during the rut, or you can, I don't know, uh, get lucky. And one comes cruising by you that just so happens to be out on a, a little stroll or anything could happen. Right. And, that, and we always prepare ourselves for that. But now you ask me today, Oh, let's, let's define what an observation hunt is. An observation hunt is putting yourself in a position to see a long ways and observe your surroundings in hopes of locating deer movement that you can potentially move in on the next time. Okay. So 
like I said, my thought process of, of, of an observation hunt has now changed. Here's what you get. Let's talk about the pluses and minuses of an observation hunt. Let's say, what are some of the positives that you can gain from an observation hunt? An observa- uh, what you can gain from an observation hunt is exactly what the de- definition of that is. You have the ability to see something move across the field or down a gully or on a, you know, across the creek that you can see a long ways, and then you can move in on it. Okay, great. That's awesome. But here's the downside of that, right? You're also, in a way, wasting a hunt because statistically you're putting yourself in a position to see something, not necessarily kill something, right? And what I've learned over the years is I would rather replace an observation hunt with a scouting mission where I'm going to walk that whole field edge, or I'm going to do a whole, you know, go on a, a scouting mission, maybe dive into the timber a little bit, maybe look for fresh sign, maybe go check trail cameras, maybe, um, uh, actually put my feet on the ground looking for sign that will, tell me something similar. But when I go on these scouting missions and I do find the sign, I have my stand on my back. And of course this is for, you know, the the mobile style hunter. I can get in there and I can set up right where this fresh sign is at. I'm not watching a day or a night or a morning go by and then going and make a move on it because you're technically, you're not guaranteed that deer is going to do the same thing, especially during the rut, right? Maybe if early season that might work, but I have since really stopped doing any type of observation hunt. Now, I'm going to say that with an asterisk because there are times where if I've lost a deer or uh, let's say I have him on trail camera or I've, I've, I've got what I feel is him pegged in some kind of routine and I move in on him, that would be a, uh, you know, and I lose him. He doesn't come through for a couple days or I can't find him. Then I might try some crazy observation hunt. But why am I doing that? I'm doing that. And here's uh, one of the main point of this whole kind of comfort, uh, conversation today is I'm doing that because I have the ability to hunt several days. Okay. Uh, I hunt on average more than I'm just going to say I hunt more than the average person right? I'm going to say that your average bow hunter or your average hunter in general has uh, a week to maybe 10 days to hunt throughout the season, right? Maybe it's a, a, a three-day weekend for a gun hunt. Maybe it is a, a week during the rut for, you know, for bow hunting or whatever. But I think what we have to really pay attention to here is the, is the time that we are allotted, And I feel that the time that we have would be, especially if you're on it, going on an out of state hunt, or you only have five days to hunt. Let's say you're, you're taking a, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the rut off. I feel like that time would be better scouting and get actually gaining Intel on the ground and then moving into, um, a kill set to where, you know, like here, all the signs here, everything that we've talked about throughout the years in this area, uh, maybe there's edge, maybe it's a bedding area, maybe it's a staging area, maybe it's an oak tree uh, that 
has a ton of tracks and sign around it. Like that right there, um, it, to me is more valuable than sitting 400 yards away with, z- you know, zero opportunity. Like, you know, uh, I'm not going to say zero because wild things do happen, but you're just wasting your time. Right. So I feel like the more time you have, let's say you're now you're talking, Hey man, I'm a, I'm a guy who hunts 30, 40 days a year. Yeah. An observation a day might be a good play off, uh, especially if the wind is not in your favor or you hunt a, uh, a smaller property or, you know, things like that. But I just don't feel that, that, statistically, you know, if you, if you're, if you're going to crunch the numbers that an observation sit is the right thing to do. I feel like at, at the, the, the less amount of time you have to dedicate to hunting, the more aggressive you have to be. If you have some kind of goal you want to reach, let's say, uh, antler size, age, um, or just whatever, whatever your goal is. Right. So the, the less time you have, the more aggressive you have to be in not only your scouting, but your setups as well. Right. So for a guy who's got 40 days, 30 days throughout the entire season to hunt. Yeah. It might be worth his while to, to set back. But if you're only, uh, let's say you go on an out of state hunt and you're hunting four days, I feel like an observation hunt is a complete waste of time right? You have to get in there and scout and you're just wasting one half of a day in that observation set. Now, a lot of people would disagree with me and they're going to say, Hey man, um, uh, you know, I, I killed a deer by observing him the first day and then going in. Well, that's great. Good for you. Uh, but I don't think that's happening all the time, right? I know it's not with me. I I've, I've been the, um, I've been, on both ends of the observation hunt where I was in like day 10 of my rut hunt and I sat up in an observation stand and I saw a buck. I moved in on him and then a day later, it was either a day or two days later, I killed him. Okay. I've also been on the back end where I went into an observation set. I'm just like, well, I didn't see anything. So I'm going to go back there again. Okay. I'm going to go back there again. And and guess what I'm not doing? I'm not actively looking for fresh sign. I'm not scouting. I'm not actually in the timber or, um, on the travel routes where these deer are. I'm using my eyes and not necessarily my brain and everything else that I've ever learned about deer hunting to make a decision to put myself into the best possible position to kill a deer. Right. So I feel like scouting Trump's observation sits because you can make a better decision off of a, uh, you know, off of a, a scouting mission than you can off of an observation set, right? Um, now, maybe a deer pops up and you're going to get lucky and, and then you go in and you kill them the next day. Maybe you don't. So as far as me personally, I, st- I feel like um, this also has a lot to do with time of year right? Let's just say it's early October. You don't know what the hell's going on on some of the properties. Maybe you don't run trail cameras or maybe there's no deer on the trail cameras that you, that you have. And you you don't know really where to start. Maybe it's a a weekend and it's a Friday or a Saturday, or let's just say it's a Friday night after work. You get out there, maybe you're running late. Maybe you don't want to bump into a, a new spot right away. And, uh, you decide, Hey, I'm going to set up here. I'm just going to see what happens tonight. And maybe you could make a play 
that next morning. But if you're trying to sit in an observation stand, let's say on a Sunday night or uh, on a hunt where the next day you can't do anything, you've just wasted one hunt. You've just wasted your time because a lot can happen in that week. The next week, you know, uh, the next time you hunt, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just going to see what happens tonight. All right. Then a week goes by food sources change. Maybe a field's been combined. Maybe another hunter p- bumps him out. Maybe coyotes bump him out. Maybe, uh, he's on a different routine to a new food source, whatever the case may be, that deer's not there anymore. So uh, if you do decide to do an observation hunt, I feel like then you need to act on the information that you have immediately. So if let's say you're doing an observation hunt on uh, an evening, that next morning, you better, you better be in there. Or if it's a morning that eve that evening, you better be in there. So um, for me, I just have kind of learned to push the observation hunt to the back of my hunting strategy checklist, so to speak, where it is the last thing that I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm always going to put myself in a, in a terrain feature that is conducive to deer movement. I'm going to put myself into uh, a position where I can find some edge. I can find a, a food source. I can find fresh sign, pinch point, whatever the case is, I'm always going to be in one of those spots. And a field edge 400 yards away from one of those spots is not is, is not conducive to deer movement that, uh, that we know an animal for the most part comes out and does its, you know, it's moving around at the very early in the morning and very late at night. That's even during the rut. Okay. So a lot of people, you know, yes, there are times where deer movement is increased in the morning all the way, even, you know, to this, this, uh, stage where the deer are up on their feet all day long. Well, the, the deer movement during the rut is all based around the breeding cycle where the does are at and the does aren't cruising unless they're being bumped. They're still, they still go through their bed to feed pattern. It's the bucks that are trying to intercept them on that bed to feed pattern. So an observation hunt to me is just like, okay, if you don't know where the does are at, then you prob- probably haven't done enough scouting um, for, let's say, trying to find a, a bedding area of sorts. Then you're you're kind of guessing at that point. And I don't like guessing. I like putting myself into the best possible position every single hunt. And, uh, you know, that's that kind of goes back to the mobility standpoint. Now, Another thing that I want to say is, and I always put an asterisk over everything I say, because I have plenty of ground to hunt. Not only uh, do I have some public to hunt that I can go and do whatever on, but I also have private farms that I can go and and hunt. So I have backups. Let's say they're combining uh, someday. I don't, I'm not going to hunt that while they're out there. I'm going to, I'm going to go to a different property or I'm going to go run, run around on public or something like that. Property size is very important. Having uh, access to multiple properties, um, whether you do or you do not, could be an issue uh, for you. And if I only had, let's say some of you, uh, you urban hunters or some of you guys who, you know, guys reach out to me and they're like, dude, I only have 10 acres to hunt or I only have, uh, you know, 15, 20, 30, I don't even know, right? Whatever you feel is a small amount of acreage, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. 
I, I don't necessarily know on a, on a 10 acre hunt, if you can do an observation hunt, right? If you feel like the wind is bad, you're going to, you're going to sit. I don't know. Like you, you do have to be a little bit more careful on smaller properties, um, especially if it's only a 10 acre piece and there's only a handful of options as far as tree stands are concerned. Then I feel like an observation sit might be a little bit higher on my, on my hunting strategy list, because if you do go in there on an off wind or, you know, you do go on there in there, uh, on let's say a rut and, it's an afternoon hunt or a morning hunt and you bump something out. Well, geez, man, uh, it, it, I don't know. Uh, that's where, that's where trail cameras probably come into big, big enough play for me to where I can put my trail camera on a fence crossing or pinch point. I can identify the times of day where these deer are coming through and I can say, okay, I can be late to the tree stand or I can't be late to the tree stand, or I need to get, you know, they're, they're coming through at three o'clock. So I got to be there at two 30 or, or, you know, two o'clock, uh, just a whole bunch. The, the size of the property also allows you now here's the downfall on a bigger property. Let's say I have a, I have a, a 70 acre cornfield that I could sit over and I can watch everything that comes out of that once it's cut or a bean field or something like that. But on a 10 acre hunt on a 10 acre piece, a 20 acre piece, I can see a whole bunch of movement, but I, I can't access to, you know, I can't access it. So what good necessarily does an observation hunt do in order, you know, if you're sitting on 10 acres and then four or 500 yards away, all the deer are moving way over there. There's nothing coming through your property. And all you're doing is potentially laying scent down in it. Right. So I say, why not just hunt it? Why not get in there to the best spot and hunt that? Because you'd probably still see that movement a hundred yards away on a, on a different property. You might be able to call at it if it's uh, a rut. So why not put yourself in the best possible position? So um, I know this is kind of a, a, a rant at this point, but if you feel like you want to take a, a, a hunt off and you want to do an observation set, just think about what you're potentially missing by not going in for the kill. And I've had way more encounters with deer when I go in for the kill. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm going to say I've killed a couple does on some observation sits. Like a doe came by and it's like, well, she caught me in a bad mood and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drill a doe, but I've never killed one of my, one of my bucks on an observation set. They've all been in the rights, you know, in the pinch points, the bedding areas, the uh, staging areas, transitions, like terrain features, edge. They've all been in that equation. And for me, observation hunts are, are very, very rare in put into my whitetail hunting strategy uh, equation. So, um, and I know some of you guys, maybe that's how you operate. Maybe you set up an observation stand, you get something, then you move in and you, you have success that way. I have not throughout the years. So I would, I've taught myself that I would rather up my chances by uh, my, my odds of going in there, uh, going into a place and setting up rather than getting into a, you know, getting into a, a spot that's statistically less likely for me to, uh, 
for me to harvest a deer, whether that is on a, a three day weekend hunt, a long weekend, whether that's on a five day out of state trip, or for me, even when I'm, I'm gone for 14 to 20 days on my rut hunt, I am, I, I still very, 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 very rarely remember asterisks on everything I say, um, do observation hunts. I'm, I'm going in for the kill every single time. And I, I feel like, uh, the, the observation hunt is just, in my opinion, kind of a waste of time. So, uh, I would love to hear your guys' feedback on that, uh, on this. So when I post this, I want you to go to, uh, Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you think about observation sits because, uh, you know, I know some people find success doing them. Uh, some people probably don't. Uh, I just love hearing what you guys have to say about that uh, and uh, potentially maybe get you on the podcast to talk about your opinions on observation sits. So um, have a good one. Just, you know, like we like we always talk about, be very careful about uh, everything that you are, are doing when it comes to your strategy. Think through it. Uh, you know, maybe you should go with your gut. Maybe you should go against your gut. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I, that's why I love talking about this stuff. I love doing, uh, going out there, failing, and uh, making a move and coming out successful on the back end. Uh, this whole this whole chess match that we play with these animals every year is is awesome. And sometimes it can be a big mind fuck. Sometimes <laughs> uh, it can be like, hey, day one slayed him. So, uh, <laughs> and I think we've all been there before. So, good luck this upcoming. season season think through your uh, decision uh you know slow things down be observant like we like you know like i always talk about here uh be observant um make the right move uh don't be afraid to get aggressive uh cut that wind uh refine your access routes because again i, I feel like those are some of the most important things that people screw up on both into the stand and out of the stand so uh good luck huge shout out to uh, everyone who took time to listen today huge shout out to uh um, me for taking time. No, I'm just fucking with you. Uh, huge shout out to Wasp, Vortex, Hunt Stand, Ozonics, Lone Wolf, Exodus, and Excalibur. Please go out and take a look at those uh, companies' websites, the products they have. Like I said, I, I love all those companies and I love what they're doing. Uh, so please go check uh, check them out. And lastly, be safe out there. I mean, it's that time of year where, you know, we get tired, we have brain farts, we make a mistake, we try to jump something we shouldn't jump, we try to climb something we shouldn't climb, uh, we decide to leave our safety harness at the truck. Dude, I'm already, it's not even October, and I'm already seeing uh, tree stand accidents online. So wear your damn safety harness. And again, and when it comes to the mental power here in the show as well, you got to do me a favor and stay positive throughout this entire season. If uh, you're running into, you know, other hunters pressuring in on your property that you have access to, whether it's public or private, uh, let's say you have a, uh, you shot a deer, you lost it, couldn't find it. Uh, you missed a deer. You, uh, you can't find the caliber of deer that you want. Just like shit's going wrong for you. Then what you need to do is stay positive remember the good vibes man the good vibes thing like continue to grind and just don't even think about it just go just keep going uh, and i swear to god you're gonna find success if you keep doing that so uh good vibes in good vibes out man remember all that 
that uh, hippie talk. And uh, man, I wish you success. Hit me up on Instagram if you do find success or if you fail and you want to talk about why you failed and how you realize that you failed, we can do that too. So uh, uh, stay safe out there and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.